If you take your Bibles, please, to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. Tremendous, tremendous epistle from the Apostle Paul. The title of the sermon this morning is called First and Last Step for the Christian. The first step after you get saved, and the last step when you go into heaven. The message this morning is, that, is going to be the last verse of the text as far as the title would be. I'm starting to read to you, though, from verse number 8 of Ephesians chapter 4. Follow along very carefully. I say this because of personally having done it, okay? So I understand your seat. I've sat in it for a long time. Pay very close attention to the reader of the scripture, please. Sometimes we just kind of, we're kind of waiting for the message, and so we miss, we miss the scriptures. Um, the most important thing in this room this morning is the scriptures, okay? Uh, I'm going to make some comments, and I hope they're a challenge to you, but understand the scriptures are, are what we stand on. And I really want you to, to, to grasp what the scripture says to us this morning. Verse number 8, chapter 4 of Ephesians. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. What's the darkness means? You were lost. You were unsaved. You couldn't see the light. You were in blindness. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You notice that's in, in, in a parentheses there. So I'm going to read verses 8 and 10 together, but I want you to recognize that parentheses there, the fruit of the Spirit is in goodness and righteousness and truth. But I want you to see the sentence a little more connected. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Completes that sentence. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship. See the little word no there? That word means no. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. I'll read that again. Grasp that. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Now they're broadcasting it on TV. Shouldn't even be spoken. But all things that are reproved are made manifest. They're revealed by light. The sin, that which is reproved, it's made manifest by light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Speaking to the Christian right there. See ye then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. This morning, I would tell you that the first step of every believer that we would desire in our lives, even if you're a new Christian, is that you would know and understand the will of God in your life. The last thing that I think I would like to know when I'm on my last day of life is that the last day of life was in the will of God. The first day 
in the last day and all the days in between as believers we would like to believe that we are in the will of God we would like to know the will of God we would like to understand the will of God in our life and I would say that at times we look at the will of God as confusing not knowing exactly if we're in the will of God Romans 12 2 speaks of it as the good acceptable and perfect will of God I believe it's fair to say this morning that Christians are willing willing to settle for let's just say a B and C so we'd say in a grade level the perfect will of God would be an A okay then we then we come down to B's and C's right that's getting a little more average or above average or a little below average on knowledge or knowing that you're doing the will of God I dare say that most Christians are not in the A category understanding the will of God for their life but what happens to us is that we get in a, a zone that we're comfortable in that is not necessarily the perfect will of God for our life. Now, I'm not talking about ministry necessarily. I'm just talking about as a believer. You know, God has a will for your life. He's had, he's had a will for my life ever since I was born. There have been times in my life that I was a little confused, not understanding what the will of God is. But I wanted to understand it. But I didn't fully understand it. So we're going to have those times of life. There'll be times of life that you know beyond any shadow of a doubt you're in the will of God. I would say many people in the room this morning know right now that you're sitting in church on Sunday morning. And I will tell you as a believer, you're in the will of God this morning. You got up, you got dressed, and you came to church. And that was the will of God for you today. To be in church on Sunday morning, sitting here, listening to the preaching and teaching. Have a precious couple that's just lost a mom. They're sitting here this morning. It's the will of God for you, Jimmy. Your mind is going to be tough to keep under control because you're just under such loss. But understand, it's still the will of God. I'm not going to chastise anybody that doesn't make it to church when they've lost a loved one. But I will, I will tell you, in days of darkest days of your life, the best place you can be is with the people of God. You'll find more comfort around those that love you and appreciate you guys being here today. It's a great testimony to the church. We don't sometimes understand, but we desire to. I'm going to give you some of the things that are going to lead you to know from this passage how to find and be in the will of God. Number one, to be in the will of God. Walk as children of light. Verse number eight, for ye were sometimes darkness before salvation, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We're not to be walking in darkness as believers. We're to be walking as children of light. We're supposed to be living in such a way that God would bless our lives, would use us in his will, because we're living in such a way that is pleasing to him. Many of you sitting here this morning, you can say, oh, Pastor, I don't have to even think about it for a moment. I know being an inner shadow of now, and I'm not in the perfect will of God. I've got so many things going on in my life. I know I'm not in the perfect will of God. And there's some here this morning that would be in somewhat doubt. Others would say, Pastor, I know I'm in the perfect will of God. I know I'm in God's will. The lights are on if you're a believer. Those, we used to walk in darkness before we knew Christ. But as believers now, what are we doing? We're walking in the light. Um, older folks can relate to this. But sometimes you get up in the night my office has no windows. You shut out the light 
it's real dark. I'll tell you, when I get up in the night and I try to, you, you, know, you know how it is, you, you don't want to wake up your spouse. And so you're trying to be quiet, but you can't see. And that dresser that you thought was like right there, in the light, it's so simple just to walk out the door. It's just the simplest thing. But oh, when it's jet black, boy, the dynamic changes dramatically. Why? Because you, you can't see. This auditorium, uh, if you come, come in the auditorium in the, in the darkness, and uh, I, have, I have fallen down those stairs before. Yeah, why? There's a light switch right there by the door. But when I first came here, I didn't know that. I thought the light switch was over there. So I fell down the stairs. Why? Because I was walking in darkness. You know, we think sometimes as believers that we can walk in the darkness and we're not going to fall down the stairs. Because, you know, we're not going to fall because we're believers, right? Ah, but if you go back to walking in darkness, guess what happens to you? You, you, you can't see you're back in the darkness. The Bible says here in verse number 11, number one, I would tell you it's this, walk in the light as believers. Stay close to God, walk in light. Don't be walking in darkness. It's the first step to the perfect will of God is to be walking in light. Turn the lights on in your life and the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, the Bible says. Those things are the things that are going to be in your life as a believer, walking in the light, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. But verse 11 and 12 says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. What happens in the darkness to a believer is exactly what happens to a non-believer in the darkness, except you know better. In many ways, they know better, but the Holy Spirit of God is not convicted often of that. They have no Holy Spirit in them. But what happens to the believer? We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. You go back to the days of Noah, and you see the sons of God married the children of men, those that were believers in God, the children of Seth, I believe, and the children of Cain married. What happened? Great evil, total destruction. What happened is that even those that were the believers of God married those that didn't. You understand as believers, when you're walking in darkness, you are just in some ways as susceptible at falling as is somebody that, that's in the darkness all the time. God tells us to, not to walk in the darkness, but walk as children of light, proving in verse 10 what is acceptable unto the Lord. Here's what that means is this. The people you work with, friends, relatives, those folks that maybe are away from the Lord or those folks that are not saved. You as a believer are proving, you are the proof of what is acceptable unto the Lord. Okay, so I'm a Christian. I'm at work and I swear just like everybody else. Okay, so now I'm a non-believer. So now do what, what do I think about Christians? It's okay for them to swear. Because you just proved that that was acceptable unto the Lord because they know you're a Christian. So if a believer's, a, you know, somebody that, that goes to the bar with them after, after work, what do they assume? Well, it's okay for, it's, it's okay for those, those, those folks to drink. 
See, you're not proving what's acceptable. As a believer, you're proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Do you understand that? You're the proof of it. That's all they know. You're the only Bible they'll ever see. You are proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So you are the example of what they see. And so here we are, children of light. We're supposed to be walking in the light, but when we walk in darkness, we're supposed to be proving what is acceptable, but when we're walking in darkness, we're telling the world this is what is acceptable unto the Lord. So you know what that makes them think? Hey, I'm good just like I am. I'm good. I'm as good as a Christian guy is. He swears occasionally too. He takes a nip or a, a drink or a chew of tobacco or whatever the case is. He's got this other things. So what are you doing? You are, you are demonstrating to the world this is what's okay because you're the Christian in the room. We're to be proving what is acceptable unto the Lord in our lives. Verse 11 and 12 says, Has, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. No fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. This morning, Christians, here's the sadness. We know what is right. We know, we know what the light is. We know how we're supposed to be walking in the light. We're pretty familiar with it. Now, I did, there's newer believers and visitors in the room. And I will tell you, it is a growth process to understand what pleases the Lord and those things that don't. It takes some time to learn those things. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging you, right? Yeah, I, I understand there's a growth process. And we all have to grow in our faith. And as you understand those things that people, as Christians and believers, we walk in the light, we learn those things, and we have a desire. But it's not so much that all of us don't know what's right and wrong. Our world is beginning to be confused on that, but we are not. We know what's right and wrong. We just don't do it. We know what's right. We know what the Bible teaches. We've said, and most of us said in Sunday school. Most of us grew up in Christian homes. I say most, probably 60% of us, probably 40% did not. But you didn't grow up in a Christian home, perhaps. But so many of you here this morning, you, you really do know what's right. We just don't do it. Christians behave like their light is off oftentimes. Your light should never be off. Your, life should, your light should always be on, not off. We're children of light. Don't turn off your light. I, uh, as you get older, I... I'm not one of those people, but something that I hate to admit, but nighttime driving and then you throw a little rain on the road is way more difficult than it used to be, okay? So here you are, you're in a storm of life, and we have Christians that you're walking in darkness and walking in light, so you've got one headlight on, and you're not seeing very well. Why? Because it, it's already a, it's already a, you're already in a bad spot with one headlight. Now, if you're young, who cares? You can, you can get by with one headlight, and you can wind up in the ditch with one headlight, too. Why? Because you think you're invincible when you're young. When you get older, you slow down just a bit because you understand you're not seeing like you used to. 
and you're not invincible. Now, there's some people in here that are older that are, think they're invincible, but uh, I was gonna, just going to say your name, Roy. <laughs> and you said, come on, so I, I went ahead and did it. I was, I was thinking about it, but I went ahead and... One foot in the world and one foot in the church. One foot in, one foot out. Leave the church, it's one life. Come to church, different life. One foot in, one foot out. Missing the perfect will of God. Missing it. Why? You can't see. You can't fully see because you're half in, half out. Christians, there's, there's, there's young Christians, there's so much growth that's coming into your life. Grab it and run. One foot and in and one foot out is a very bad place to be. You have people walking in darkness, and then the Bible talks about when we're children of light, walk as children of light. Walk as it. Those that claim Christ and they're walking in darkness, what a shameful place to be. You say shameful as a testimony? Yes, but much more shameful for you. Why would you choose such, make such a choice of not walking in the will of God, the perfect will of God? Would we be striving for it, not walking with the unfruitful works of darkness, but desiring the perfect will of God? Some of you today, you have a good show at church, but that's where it's at. It comes comes upon you when you walk through the doors. It's so important for you to fix that. Because your children will always know it. The people that you have to show the most that you're walking in the light is your kids. That's the most important group you have. And if there's anybody in your life that's gonna know when they leave your house, whether you're all in walking in the light or you're half in, half out. And they will know. And you will have lost your ability to guide them as an adult. You think, well, Pastor, they're grown, they're on their own. Can I tell you something? You as an adult need to be a guiding light to your children till you hit the grave because they will always be watching you. They will always be needing you. I will tell you, I don't believe for one moment that it would not impact my three sons dramatically if I had one foot in and one foot out. First thing that I would lose is their respect. Jimmy, I value that. And you need to value it too because it will hold your children in some sense in the waves of life when you're solid. They're looking at the anchor, mom and dad, when they're in trouble, they're going to be looking at you and say, you stayed, you stayed faithful in trouble. You weren't one in and one out. And so young parents, don't think that you'll get by with one foot in and one foot out. You won't. Your children are in your house, and they know. And they will make their decision on whether they're going to follow Christ at some point, and you have the most weight. They're going to look at Christianity through your eyes, one foot in, one foot out. But what you may wind up with is a child with two feet out and none in. And it's difficult 
to, to relive your testimony, I would say, nay, it's impossible to relive it. We were sometimes darkness, but now are we light in the Lord. Verse number 15, please. Then see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. That's the darkness. But as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He starts the verse 15, see that ye walk circumspectly. Circumspectly has three meanings to it. I was just studying the word and looking it up. Three meanings. Number one, meticulously. Number two, faithfully. And number three, dedicated. Three things, circumspectly, number one. Meticulously, the meaning of it is the first meaning of it. Be meticulous in your Christian life. I think we know what meticulous means. My wife is a meticulous housekeeper. She doesn't go to bed at night if there's a dish in the sink. She can't sleep. She hates to get up to, to a, a mess. So a dish in the sink is a mess. I'm joking, it's not a mess, but it's a, she's meticulous. So, Brother Zane, I have a habit, and I, I, I don't even think about it. Sometimes I, I, I wonder why I do it, but I don't get out of my car that if there's a, there, if there's a straw, you know, the little thing off a straw, what, a little wrapper around the straw. If there's a straw wrapper, I take it out of the car with me because if I'm going into Menards, I'm going, I don't care where I'm going into, everybody has a trash can outside their door. If I have a cup that I've been drinking, a, a disposable cup, I, I just, I just, I, I don't even think about it. I just instinctively take it with me and I throw it in the trash on the way into the store. My boys get in the car and like, Dad, how do you keep your car so clean? I just take the trash out with me every time I get out of it. And I, you know, I, I, I like to eat in the car, right? I just take the trash with me every time. I, I don't even think about it. Why? Because it's a habit. It's, it's, it's just a habit, bad or good. It's a habit. You know, I'll take a little straw with me. Uh, I'll just get, I just don't want any garbage in my car. Be meticulous with sin in your life. Get it out. You say, well, pastor, I'm not really involved in any deep sin. Just go ahead and throw it in the trash. Get it out of your life. Because I can tell you something, you just let the McDonald's and Burger King and Arby's and if you work somewhere else, I'm sorry, um, Taco Bell, you just go ahead and throw that in the back seat. Gone, right? And then pretty soon you're gonna find like, well, you throw it in the front seat. Pretty soon you're trying to clean out the car so you can sit down in the car, get your family a place. Why? Because it just accumulates and you didn't even realize it. Amen? I'm talking about Burger King here. It, the trash is going to accumulate on you. Why? Because you're not meticulous. You know, if your car is clean or dirty, that's not, that's not really important. If your life is clean or dirty, that's very important. I would not, I mean, unless it was the will of God, and I, it's clearly not. I would not live on a gravel road because it gets your car dirty. 
Don lives on a gravel road and his car is dirty. I'm joking. <laughs> Do you know why his car is dirty? Because he lives on a gravel road. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Don, I would leave your house and I would go to the corner of Edgewood and Blair's Ferry and I would get my car washed every day. I have a monthly pass now the way it is, but if I lived on a gravel road, I would go to it every day and I'd get my car washed. Why? Because I want a clean car. You need to get the sin issues done every day. You say, well, Pastor, I just don't have any deep sin in my life. You know, the, the more you bring your life be, between you and the Lord as a magnifying glass, the more you walk with God, and I'm not trying to set anybody up as super Christian, but the more you walk with the Lord, the more you value the relationship. And you, you, don't, you don't want anything in the way. You want two headlights on. You want to walk circumspectly. You want to walk meticulously. You want to walk number two faithfully. Be consistent everywhere you go. Don't put, you remember that commercial for the clapper turns on lights? Probably advertise it still on TV sometimes. I never, never bought one, but you, they, on, off, clapper. Don't let that be your life. Clap on, clap off. Exactly. Clap on the Christianity, clap off the Christianity. Clap on, clap off, clap. No. That's, that's not Christianity. Christianity is to be faithfully lived consistently every venue of life. Say, Pastor, I'm not perfect. Don't I know that? I'm speaking of, I'm not perfect. We all know that of ourselves. But let's be faithful, consistent in our Christian life. Let's walk circumspectly, first of all, meticulously. You see that little spot over there. I think I'm going to go clean that out because I don't want it to take over my life. I don't want it to take over my car, my in relationship to trash. Why? I want to get it out. I want to walk in the will of God. And so I will walk circumspectly, walk faithfully. Don't be somebody that just clap on, clap off with your Christianity. Be faithful. It's getting a little bit late. Be dedicated. The third meaning of the word, circumspectly. Have a right relationship. Be dedicated to Christ. Be dedicated to Jesus Christ. It used to be a more common word, and I don't personally use it, but we used to be at camp, I remember as a kid, and they would say, come and dedicate your life to the Lord, or come and rededicate your life to the Lord. I don't hear that word so much any longer. But it's a good word to dedicate your life to the Lord. But let's be dedicated to our Lord. Let's be walking circumspectly with meticulously, faithfully, and to be dedicated. It is not a light thing for the believer. We are to be walking in the light. We used to be in darkness, but now we're the children of light. Walk as children of light. Have four sons, three remaining. One's walking meticulously, meticulously in perfection, and I'll join him someday. Do you understand, though, when I say to my sons, cut the grass, and then I, I, I get home, whatever, and I get home from work, and I get there, and I go, and the front yard is all cut. And then I go out the back, and it's like, the backyard didn't get cut. I say, what, didn't I tell you to cut the grass? 
We did. Yeah, but you just cut the front yard. I, I meant like all of the grass. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Now, is it that they didn't know what to do or they just did it halfway? They kind of knew that the grass needed to be cut in both yards. It's, you know, there's kind of like a previous example of like the backyard has been cut before. Believers, our problem is not so much what we don't know. It's what we know that we don't do. And you say, Pastor, I want to be in the will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. I want to be exactly where God wants me. The first step in your Christian life to be in the will of God is to do not what you know to do. You know, young believers, I will tell you, if you're doing what you know, you're in the perfect will of God. God will give more light to you and you'll, you'll know to move forward in that, in that area of your life. But do what you know to do. That's all, that's all you know. This is what I know from, from God's word. This is what I know from church. So I'm going to do it. Believers that are mature believers, we know a lot of things to do. If we're going to be in the will of God, let's do what we know to do. But we know, let's do that. And God then can illuminate the light for us to move on his will, to move us from that good and acceptable, the C and the B or the D life, and move us into the A life, the perfect life, the life of walking with God. I don't know where you're at this morning, but would you look in the mirror and find out in your mirror of God's mirror in your life, look at the light in your life. Is it a life that's just cutting the grass in the front and doing nothing with the back? Is it a life that's meticulously being lived for Christ or a life, quite honestly, that's got an awful lot of dirt accumulated in it? The dirt of sin, straying away from the Lord. Let's all stand together. This morning, maybe you don't know Christ as your savior. Don't take offense to this, but you're walking in darkness is what the Bible says. You're walking in darkness and you can't see the light. You, you can't see to know. I would ask you this morning, come to the light. Trust Jesus Christ as your savior. Jesus Christ is the light. It says in the, John chapter one, he speaks of himself as life and light. Come to the light, tis shining for thee. Christians, start walking in that light that you already have, that you already know. Do what you know and God will give you more light and you can continue to follow the Lord throughout your life one day at a time, one step at a time, until you see him face to face. But let's start by doing what we know. Young believers, do what you know. Older veterans of the faith, so to speak, obey God in those things you know. Be faithful to them. Be meticulous about it. Be faithful and be dedicated to it. It's the most important thing you can do with your life is walk in the will of God, understanding it, what the will of the Lord is.